Welcome to the Burned Out Preacher Podcast, where we have frank discussions weekly on ministry struggles and how many of us in the ministry have gone from overwhelmed and exhausted to calm and equipped leaders who love being in ministry. I am your host, Monique Addison Stinson, Burnout Prevention Coach for Ministry Leaders. Are you ready to overcome burnout? If your answer is yes, then keep listening. Hello and welcome back to the Burned Out Preacher Podcast. I am your host, Monique Addison Stinson, Burnout Prevention Coach for Ministry Leaders, and I help overwhelmed and exhausted ministry leaders go um, or become calm and equipped leaders who actually love being in ministry. And today we are continuing our series, It Is Time. It's time to talk about ministry burnout. And I have a new graduate as a guest today (laughs) and he is going to introduce himself to everyone so come on grand tell everybody who you are (laughs) thank you so much reverend monique Uh, i'm justin wade Uh, i am a recent graduate of livingstone college in salisbury north carolina where i received uh, my bachelor's of arts degree in religion and philosophy I'm on my way now to duke divinity school for seminary uh, to receive my master's of divinity degree I'm an associate minister of the Greater Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, my pastor is Dr. George Hills III. I've been in ministry now for 12 years, started preaching at the age of nine and licensed at the age of 15. So all my life, it's been preaching and church and hooping and hollering. So it's <laughs> it, it's been a joy. It's been a joy. What? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Preaching at nine and licensed yeah. at 15. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's a whole that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> I know we'll have to bring you back on to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it you know, you when you preach, when you start preaching it when you're really young, it's like they're gonna stand because you're cute. Right. You get older, you need to have something to say. Okay. Like, you need to have whatever word. So yeah, it, 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 it's been it's been a, a joy, ups and downs. And so this this conversation about burnout uh, from a young preacher perspective is is really 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 good. So I'm excited about today's combo. Listen, let's get into it because you hit it exactly where I wanted to start because as I was looking and um, deciding who I wanted to invite on, and you and I have never actually met. This is our first mm-hmm. time meeting. We're Facebook friends. Um, but never Mm -hmm. actually met, but I wanted to get a younger preacher's um, perspective on burnout. So I always start out with what's your definition of ministry burnout? So let everyone know what your definition is. I would say my uh, definition of ministry burnout is when your body and your mind are no longer in agreement to do what you have to do. Um, and for some people, it can just be the body. For some people, it can just be your mind. For me, my mind and my body are like, we're both tired. Um, and so you, I just, all right, well, we're going to shut down for about maybe a week or two weeks because my mind, I, I'm not. I'm not focused on preaching. I'm not focused on going to the meeting. I'm not focused on being present for whatever event. My body, either I'm sick, yep. fatigued, yep. um, 
drained all the time. So then that, of course, goes right back up to my mind because it's like if my body is not in shape and in fit for it, I'm not going to feel like doing it. Right. So and, and preaching a lot does that to both body and mind. Right. And we, you know, everybody talking about they want to be a preacher in itinerant ministry. And I'm over here like, are you sure this is what you want? Like, it, it's fun to look at on Facebook, but after I get through, I have a headache. Exactly. And when you do it every week, yeah. I mean, and for for example, like this year, since I want to say since the fifth Sunday in January, I have not stopped preaching. There has not been a week that's come oh. where I have not preached at least three times within that week. So wow. sometimes it's been one time, other times, like during during the Easter season, I was doing everybody's seven last words. And I concluded that this was going to be the last year I do seven last words. It's just no, because service is long and pre-recording, none of that no more. Right. So <laughs> we don't have time. So, right. you know. But and it was it was taxing. Like man, the voice, your throat, you worry yeah. about. Okay, do I? You got to learn how to pace yourself, and right. then at the same time, people want you for your style and for your content. But if you got the content and not the style, you flunk. <laughs> you got the style, not the content, you flunk. You end up trying to balance. Okay, what I'm yeah. gonna give more of you today because I want to still go to sleep and watch a movie after all this is over. Okay, so. This week, uh, well, by the time this is aired, it was passed, but like I canceled on Sunday. I'm no, I'm going to go out of town. I'm going to relax because I got revival next week. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? Right. You got to take that time. So, I was in ministry burnout just when your mind and your body are both, both agree. Yeah. We're not, we're not going, even if you try to make us. <laughs> I love, first of all, I love everything you said because. Uh, and this is the first time I heard someone say the mind and the body aren't agreeing mm -hmm. because there is this mind-body connection. And a lot of times our our mind would tell us, no, keep going. And yep. our body will say, uh-uh, not. Or vice yep. versa. Our bodies would keep yep. going and our mind was like, uh-uh, you need to stop. But once they uh, agree, <laughs> once yep. they don't want to yep. go for it. You feel it too. You feel right. it. Right, right. Yep. Right. It's I, like your mind is telling your knee hurt today. <laughs> it's like, yeah, cough one more time from the chest. We, absolutely. Because he'll need to be out there to begin with. Yeah. And we try to be super black preacher, you know, especially us men. You know, we, yeah. We've been preach through it, not preach through it. What? Ah, right. Because there's this, yeah, there's this hustle mentality. Like, uh -uh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's this hustle mentality in preaching. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's and, and, and I, I I take my hats off to my my women colleagues in ministry because often when we talk about ministry, but I'm not saying it doesn't happen with with women in ministry, but I don't I see a lot more on my social media more black women in ministry prioritizing vacationing than we as black men in ministry. Yeah. And that's for a whole number of reasons. And again, that's podcast number three that we're going to do. But it's like, no, if I can see, like one of my like one of my big sisters in ministry, Dr. Zaleka Adams out of New York, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I always see her like, hey, we at the beach. <laughs> like we Absolutely. are having a good time. Some of my other colleagues and friends in the lab, <laughs> right. you know, my sermon outline, dude, it's June. Like, <laughs> 
Where's the hotel at? Where's the spa day? We going, we out. Find something to do. We're tired of the lab. You know? So I, 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 Why I, is I, that? I, Why do you think that is? Because we, we are, so, okay. I don't want to get in trouble, but I'm going to say this. Say it. We, we are, as black men, we, we are conditioned keep going. That That is intensified 10 times more in black church. Right. Like, we may take a vacation, pastor, and not, you know, show up. But especially now with live streaming, Ooh. Negro, you better be there because we're going to be watching on the plane. And you got to go just as hard. So we we are conditioned and we are why our our forefathers and foremothers in ministry, for men in particular, our forefathers in ministry, they did not take sabbaticals like that. I mean, people did it, sure, but it was not a wide note. You were more known for going to do the citywide revival when you left out of town right. than you were for taking your wife and your kids out of town for vacation. Uh, a mm -hmm. story I'll drop here. One of my good mentors, Reverend John White, had the privilege of meeting Bishop uh, G.E. Patterson mm -hmm. in the that. airport. Bishop G.E. Patterson was preaching a revival. They go to the airport. Um, after they met up at the same time. Bishop was leaving, heading to another assignment, and Reverend White was headed out of town on vacation. So um, his child noticed, Reverend John White's child noticed Bishop Patterson and um, was like, hey, daddy, he just finished preaching revival. So they ended up talking and Bishop Pastor said, so where are you and your, your family headed? John White said, we're, we're headed to, I think they were going to Florida. Uh, he was like, oh, really? For what? He was like, you know, vacation. Bishop Patterson, who I think at this time just became the presiding prelate of, of the Church of God in Christ, he had said, it has been 20 years since me and my wife have gone on a vacation. Now that's Temple of Deliverance. I command you be healed, be delivered, be saved. That's Bishop Patterson. And he had talked about how all of the flights, all of the hotel rooms was to do ministry. Oh, that breaks my heart. And it's like, man, so when we, when we go to God and we pray, Lord, make me successful in ministry, I don't think we realize what we're praying for right. Right. because, okay, I'm going to be successful in ministry, but my wife wants vacation. And so I made up in my mind, number one, I'm going to stop this when I'm 68. But then secondly, when it's vacation time, we, where we go because we, we can do revivals, we can do conferences, but what it, there's, what cost? it means nothing if you're pulling from an empty picture. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man, that breaks my heart. I love Bishop G. Patterson. Mm -hmm. And you would have never known that no. because every time he got up, he poured out. Yes. And his wife it had an awesome relationship, but it's like you that that behind the scenes yeah. to not have been able to vacation the way he really wanted to. But everybody who profited from his ministry could go on the vacation. Absolutely. No. And so it, it's like, physician, can you heal yourself? Do you got to take the time for you in this thing? Jesus did it. Y'all yes. uh, take care. Y'all sick. Y'all be sick when I get back. Absolutely. I'm going to the mountain to pray. Go and yeah, I'm a fast right. and pray. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> okay. right. And I'm, 
I mean, I may not fast while I'm eating this funnel cake, but I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to pray over when I eat it. I'm pray already. I'm pray just like it'll be quick. It'll be one of the quick ones. God, I thank you for this lemonade, this fruit punch. Right, right. Whatever right. was in your cup, if you're over 21, we're gonna bless it. Turn water into wine, praise him. <laughs> Who bless us, Lord? Mm, mm-hmm. mm, mm, mm. Well, yeah. you talked about now. You said you're gonna stop preaching. You're gonna retire at 68. 68. I'm I wanna be retired on the beach somewhere. I, I don't, because I, I don't want to overstay my welcome. I see a lot of, a lot of pastors. I never want to be the pastor that you have to roll me out of my church. <laughs> You're not gonna roll me out. I'm walking out by, and then I'm gonna live 20 years after me walking hey. out healthy. I want my grandfather knowing that my grandfather, 84, 85, still out here. He was carrying boxes this past weekend for the graduation. Uh, that's what I want. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, I'm not gonna be, you know. Dr. Justin Wade is coming revival and I'm 83 years old. These people bored. Y'all got to help me up the steps. Now I'm up there just prolonging with all these old stories. I ain't got really nothing to say other than these stories. I'm relying on my history to get me through the nights. The devil is a liar. 68? I don't care. I don't care where I am. (laughs) Can you come to teach at the seminary? Uh -uh. Mm -mm. Y'all should have did that when I was 32. I can't mentor nobody. You got any advice? Stop when you hit 68. Right. right. <laughs> Take care. Baby, come on, let's go. <laughs> we, <laughs> you don't want a retirement service? Not unless it's got a mimosa. Bye bye. Right. Y'all all right. <laughs> y'all, be, y'all be good. I trained y'all good. You okay? Right. You know, listen. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. That, I'm not going to get no ulcers in the stomach. That oh, None oh, of that. No. Because I, we, because let's really talk about it. We yeah. see pastors and preachers, yep. 75, 85, and you, and you look on the marquee, it says senior pastor. And I'm like, well, doc, how long you been doing this? Right. 45 years. And right. you like, where's the successor? Where is the, Absolutely. where's the retirement plan? Where was the. Like, all right, while I'm collecting these checks, I'm putting something in retirement so that way when I go, I don't got to like what what, what are it? we doing? Where's so right, 68, man. I'm young on the plane. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm on the plane. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> this is this good. My church's gonna be hurt when I turn 50, 18 more years, and y'all we are done. Pound it down. <laughs> I want my successor, or yeah. or even if I can't find one, you know how we as are as Baptists, right. you know we gotta have these whole process. I don't want I don't want to help you. You want to help? Bye, because that's too much. It, it's stress. Don't call me yeah. to do interim work. I like once I retire, I want to retire. Come on now, because I'm going to work. Right? No. Yeah. What? <laughs> my aunt Rosie is the. Classic example of what I want to do when I retire. My Aunt Rosie, she retired from teaching for 30 years in New York. She moved down here to Charlotte. She does nothing. She, what you doing? Watching TV in this bed, relaxing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I want. I want to live out my days just like that. Absolutely. That's my Shiro. Yeah, that's it. That's it. My Aunt Rosie is my is my ministry retirement prototype. Absolutely. That, yes, ma'am. Absolutely. So this is what you do on Monday. 
what you doing on Tuesday? Nothing again. So we do nothing twice on Wednesday. Now we're going to schedule on Thursday at 12 to do nothing. That's do what nothing. I want to do. Okay. Right. Do nothing. Do nothing. Don't I call may, me. I may switch sides. You know, right. I'm going to do switch, nothing. Oh, right. I'm going to go from upstairs doing nothing <laughs> to downstairs. Right. But if I'm 68, everything is on the first floor. <laughs> That's true. Yes. Yes. Good point. Uh, <laughs> No, you need to go upstairs. I mean, I'm gonna have one of them long, them long things that you know you can pick up the remote with. You stretch Ooh. it, and I mean, yeah, it's just gonna, it's gonna yes. be. Yes, have all my grandkids just do it. Like you get, give me that bottle over there. <laughs> Absolutely, put them to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I love yeah. hearing this from a younger preacher and preaching pastor or minister. I'll say minutes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I love hearing this because it needs to start now as you're young so that you can start preparing and planning. Because like you said, you no. don't you don't want to roll you in there at 85. No. No, we don't no I don't I, that's my biggest thing is uh -uh. I'm I wanna because I don't see the point in holding on when you know God is shifting. Right. There's so many other people that God is raising up. And I wanna because I I know I know this is a fact for me with all the preaching opportunities that God has given me, they would not have come if it weren't for all the preachers and pastors right. who, when I was in the office talking with them, said, Wade, we see what God is doing with younger preachers. Right. Like all my, my, my two of my best, three of my best friends in ministry, Tyshawn Brown, Julian Thompson, Antonio Robinson, all of us talking to preachers and pastors now the, the consistent theme in conversation ministry is we we see that there's this changing of the guard. Yes. And so we are being pushed to preach because it's like y'all are, it, 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 my mentor tells me all the time, it's you all's world now. We are, so we're, we're trying to prepare you to do ministry, but even that looks different. Right. From the 40 years that I have in ministry, it's going to look different from the 40 years you're going to have in ministry. Right. But right. at least, Reverend Stinson, there is an understanding that, yeah, I don't got to be in here all day. Right. Right. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm heading out. Exactly. So I, I, I'm under a young pastor. Uh, I have older mentors like Dr. Hughes and whatnot. But I mean, you know, it's like I'm some some of these older preachers and pastors. Some of them are starting to see, yeah, we can we can retire in this. Okay, the gospel is in good hands. The black church is in good hands. I still believe. Yeah. So so yeah. Absolutely. Let me let me so let me. Do you mind saying your age? Telling your age. Twenty one. Twenty one. So when I, I want to know because I've I've I think you're the youngest. Yeah, I think you're the youngest minister I've spoken to, and I am. Okay. I am so here for this conversation. It is giving. This me, is good. Listen, it is giving me maturity. It is giving me, you know, adult adulting. And it's <laughs> Thank like, you. that's what it's giving yeah. me, and I'm loving it. Um, what would you? How are you? How are you planning? Let me let me start there. How are you planning for retirement at 68 in the ministry? So my goal is to be in full-time ministry as a pastor. Gotcha. So should the Lord call me to a church, that's the one of the very first things I'm talking about 
in terms of packaging. Um, okay, so I get the salary is such and such. All right, so we're going to be taking this out for retirement. I'm thinking about now. I'm, I'm going in as a single black preacher, right. but I don't. Lord, if you send her, send her, send her immediately. You know, <laughs> so I because I don't plan on staying in this right. single state for long. Right. So I got to think about all right when I get married, and should I pass away before my wife? All right. Now I want to make sure that she gets sixty percent, church four percent. So I'm I'm having the conversations with some of my mentors in ministry, yeah. who like. I, I want to model, they, they serve as a model for me, what my retirement packages and stuff should look like uh -huh. uh, for when, when I, when I get older. And that, and that's a, that's a blessing. Everybody's able to have that. Um, and the reason they have is because they had mentors and pastors in their life who didn't. And so right. they had right. to stay right. and pastor the church and the membership declined. And now you preaching and you, you also preacher, but you preaching nobody. Right. Right. Because you didn't have the 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 system in place to exit smoothly, oh, and then also talking about and dealing with investing my money outside of just preaching and stuff like that. You know, having a financial advisor and a financial coach. We need stuff like this. You yeah. know, other people, and we know who other people are, have these things. Mm. Why don't we and our people invest in having a financial advisor who can sit down with us and say, "What's your ten-year plan? First of all, what's your five-year plan? Right. What you going to do tomorrow?" You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> to help you budget your money, right? So that when it comes time for you to retire from, from all of this preaching and stuff, you, you can do so comfortably yeah. and not need to take another engagement because, you know, I need a few extra. Mm -mm, no. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I actually have um, a financial advisor from um, Edward Jones coming on, I think in July. That's dope. Um, I'll because, be on. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'll be on. I'll be watching. Yep. Just for this conversation, because this is so. So I'm just going to say this because it's already been made public, but I am um, a part of the Amy Church and Amy Church right now. Uh -huh. There's a big deal about some uh -huh. retirement funds. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Gone. Mm -hmm. Right. And a lot of pastors were left with nothing. Uh-huh. And they didn't do what you just outlined there. Yeah. No, I I, I mean, and I, I heard about that with the Amy Church. And I was that broke my heart. I was like, man. Right. All all that ministry. And I can't now I can't let go because it's yeah. like. You know, so but you gotta. My 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 mentor told me you gotta have some something outside of of ministry diversification. Right. <laughs> you gotta. I mean, I, I would love to. God knows my calling is full time ministry, but I have a wife and I have children. So as a consequence, my money is going to be invested in things. Outside of ministry. Absolutely. So when I'm able to retire, thank you for the retirement package, but I've, I've got potentially millions over here that I'm able to give to my children and, and, and my wife. And, and that's that's the type of life I, I want to live. So, of course, I believe that the church should take care of its preaching. Absolutely. I believe I, that's biblical. Yeah. I, and, you know, but at the same time, the preacher ought to be able to take care of the preacher. Right. Right. And because if, if the church is going to give us the money, okay, now that you got it, what you're going to do with it? Right. Can't just, we can't just keep getting tailor-made suits. 
You see what I'm saying? We right. gotta be able to invest that in, that that money in, in into our families. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So I know that just from other pastors, ministry leaders I've spoken with, financial issues is one thing that causes burnout. Another thing that causes burnout is, um, and I know you're um, a minister, um, but another thing, but you do plan to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. So when you become a pastor, because I know it's going to happen. When you become a pastor, do you plan to have an assistant? Because this is another thing that that burns people um, ministers out. They don't have help. Oh, oh, I'm I'm going to maximize my, that assistant thing. Number one, because I'm going to get on my mom's nerves. So <laughs> I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna get my assistant when my mom calls me. I'm gonna say, look, call call Lisa down there and you'll <laughs> <feel> direct. <laughs> you know. So I'm I'm absolutely gonna have that. The, most of these successful ministers and pastors, I'll say pastors, that I've been mentored by have assistants. Yep. Not because they're arrogant, not because they are untouchable. It is hard yeah. to manage all these people. Let's say, for example, you pastor in a church, 400 people. That's 400 personalities. Yeah. Multiple personality. So you're not just pastor. You pastor in a mega church, okay? Because that person got other people that live in them. Then you have your colleagues that want you to do revival. Then, you know, let's say you're a young pastor and in seminary. So now I got school. You need somebody who you can trust, who's dependable. You can say, okay, look. Take these phone calls, schedule these meetings, schedule these dates. This is when I'm not available at all, not budging. I don't care who it is. I'm not the, the, like you need yeah. armor bearers. Yeah. Like you and, and armor bearers can serve in multiple capacities. Right. An assistant is that type of logistics armor bearer, if you will. Because if you don't have like even now, my, my mother will tell you she encourages me now start getting a team together. And I just do itinerant ministry. Absolutely. Um, and believe it or not, when I was at Livingstone, my brothers who we who we came in together as freshmen, we all graduated on, on Saturday, they really filled in the gap in being someone of that team by default. Right. I mean, I had my, my, my boy Quentin. He was driving me to the engagements. If it wasn't him, it was my boy Cameron. Jaleel and, and Rennie would come. My boy Harold would take the pictures and would record. I, I, I tape him was off campus, so he couldn't come with that. But, you know, like my brothers really came in. And I'm like, if I were to ever do a workshop on, on what it meant to actually be a, a, on the team of a preacher, I would have them come in and teach it and preach it. And they're like, well, why? Because y'all by default just did that without me even asking, yeah. not without me even expecting. Mm-hmm. So I would have multiple people assisting Absolutely. me Absolutely. because this thing is, is, is hard. And with so many people coming at you every single day, when it does not stop, you need a person in place who can say, yeah, pastor's unavailable today. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I know your grandmother's sick. She gonna still be sick, right? So you know, just he can't do it today, right? Or right. he can do it today, right? I would absolutely, so absolutely, I'm definitely getting this. I, I am nothing against people like that. It's I love, not. I love that. Yeah, it's not anything that I think is unreasonable. Um, and and my thing has always been for folks with something to say about that, try doing it. 
try being a preacher. Just mm. and then don't mess around and get good at it, and then people mm. still want you to go. You know what I'm saying? So just try being a preacher. And then when you are a pastor, mm. yeah. Mm. It is, mm. it is <laughs> you know, we 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 need mm. an assistant, we need a therapist, but that's another podcast. Yeah. So we yeah. need all of that. We absolutely. need that. We need absolutely. a team. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so happy you said that because what I'm finding as I am speaking to everyone and I am I I, I have uh, worked with the other mm-hmm, churches. Mm-hmm. Um the one the other churches that I work with, they got systems in place. Oh yeah. It's gotta go through at least five people before oh, it gets absolutely. to the pastor. Absolutely, absolutely. And but, that thing is a well black church, but black church, Reverend Stinson, we don't do that. Black church. The pastor is the counselor. Yep. The therapist. Yep. The lawyer when somebody dies. Mm-hmm. Grief counselor. Mm-hmm. Financial planner. The electrician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. The like the, the the technology person. Yep. Other church person. Mm-hmm. PR. Yep. <laughs> right. Brand management. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, wait a minute. But you go to other, for okay, it's easy for a, Steve, a Dr. Steve Lawson and a Dr. John McArthur and even a Dr. John Piper to say the goal, the job of the pastor is just to preach. It's easy for you to say that. Right. I was absolutely told, as great as a preacher you are, that's only 10% of what you're going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that, look, that's what Dr. Lowe told me. That's what my pastor told me, Dr. Shears. That, that, they said, yeah, you, you can preach. That is 10%. Wow. <laughs> Dr. Adams, who's an assistant pastor to my godfather, Dr. Lowe, this is 10% what you're really doing. <laughs> I'm like, but wait a minute. All these books are preached. That's nice. Right. You need to get books on financial literacy. You need to get books on Well, why is that? Because these Negroes are crazy. <laughs> and and in, in, the, in the other settings, there's at least five to six people on staff. On staff. On staff. Before it would get to a, a Dr. McArthur, it have been through Janet, Mark, mm-hmm. Matthew, absolutely, Luke, absolutely. and John. And John. <laughs> it has been through all of these people, but in black church, it goes straight yep. to the pastor. Wow. He's the because because we don't know how to to get over the one man one woman show syndrome. Yeah, hmm. and we, it's killing us. It's killing us because the moment the moment the the black pastor says, "I've got a team," now he now he or she think they 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 smelling themselves now. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you think you better than everybody? Mm-hmm. No, I just don't got time for y'all because right. it's the same issue, right? And, and like I'll never forget, I was reading a book on pastoring by uh, Dr. H. B. Charles. He said, mm-hmm. "I give you one counseling session, mm-hmm. and after that, you know, I'm directing somebody else." the average pastor, if he were to say that, there's a meeting saying that he does not care about the members. She don't like nobody. She unapproachable. She can't have no one in her office. We got to vote her out. Wait a minute. Did she just count to him about the same drug addiction? 
Okay, so why are we doing it again? Right. You go, listen, download the Better Health Therapy app, and there right. is a, <laughs> a we don't we we're not we're not taught that it's okay yeah. to have a it's okay to have a system. Yeah. And non-denominational churches do this, church plants yep. do this, but yep. black traditional AME or Baptist churches, Amy's not, we don't, we are not taught mm -hmm. to have a system. And that comes from that really when you study that, we look at it in the 1960s, 1950s, civil rights movement, segregation, Jim Crow stuff, where it was the pastor who had to represent the community and the congregation publicly right. before everybody, the pastor became the fix-it guy. Yeah. Back when it was predominantly men. If we're gonna be if, I mean, if we're gonna talk, let's talk. Back when it was predominantly men pastoring pulpits, right. he was the fix-it guy. So not only did he pastor the church, but he pastored the, the whole doggone community. So even if you didn't go to the church and your son or somebody who you knew died and they weren't connected, they could have the funeral at his church, he would preach it. Thus, there were laws and bylaws about people dying and having a funeral at the church who are not members because we are we have been conditioned that only one person is 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 the entire is the entirety of the congregation, the entirety of the leadership. And that's not even biblical. The whole right. purpose and point right. of deacons isn't just to hold the communion right. tray and the offering. Right. Like deacons were were the office. Of, of the diaconate it wasn't just to vote the pastor out. <laughs> okay. The, the, Peter says we can't preach and give to the widows. Exactly. So we need deacons right. who will do the footwork right. in making sure that the people were fed and that widows were taken care of so that we can give y'all the gospel. But in black church, it's deacons call you to the church, deacons gonna give you the agenda, deacons gonna give you the plan. <laughs> Y'all ain't fed nobody since I done got here, but you're gonna tell me what needs to be on the agenda. And y'all take care, Lord bless. <laughs> and, and everything fall. You should have deacons who are trained counselors. Right. That's that's who we need to start ordaining. Really, right. we've ordained the wrong people. Right. How about we have a like, imagine what it would look like if you had a diaconate board where you had a deacon who was a therapist, had no deacon who was a financial advisor, mm. had no deacon who could possibly do security, had no deacon who could be an assistant. We ordain the folk because of how long they've been there and they have nothing outside nothing. of the shop to offer the church. Thank you. And thus the stress of that ministry is on that pastor. Yep. And so I'm, I'm sure you saw the video of the pastor, predominant church. He sat right there on that bar stool with his mic and said, I'm burnt out. I did. We all saw that video. Yeah. Dr. Howard John Wesley before yep. the pandemic. Yeah. That's Alfred Street back. That's Alexandria, Virginia. That's Dr. Wesley. That's cannot push it. That's can I get a witness? Yep. That's who we. I'm tired. I gotta take a sabbatical. Dr. Matthew Stevenson mm -hmm. for a while during the pandemic. Yeah, all right. I I'm tired. Yep. And when I and when I zoomed in on his ministry, he has his team. Yep. And his staff. I got a vice president. We don't do vice president, no black church. Vice president, only thing we have is vice president of the Usher Board. Usher Board. Choir, maybe. We don't have, have a vice president over, over finance. <laughs> well, send down there to the trustee. Trustee Shirley. What's your degree in? What was your degree? Your degree is not even in finance. Right. It's all right. It's okay. Right. Your, your degree is in finance. Your degree is in art. But you in... <laughs> 
You go ahead. And we wonder why the church is falling apart. Don't Thank nobody you. know how to write a grant. <laughs> but, wow. but you know, so we 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 don't mm. know versus no. we, we don't know how to delegate, I don't think. Nope. And no. sometimes pastors micromanage because they don't know how to trust. Oh, that's that, that's podcast number six, I think. Oh, we done, we done got a few podcasts. All right, that's all right. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. We're gonna do viewership. We're gonna do viewership. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it on, on Zoom and StreamYard. Absolutely. Yeah, we need to go this live on that one. We're right. You know, we're gonna do live streaming, okay? Because we, we're not, we're, I don't think we're in the position where we trust the people often that we are putting in these positions. And then my question is, well, why did they get the position to begin with when you as pastor can't trust them? We are now looking at resumes and we're the only entity in the world that does this. You can't go to corporate America and just because you know Billy Bob, you getting the job. Mm -mm. No, let's look at you, submit your resume. My background is HR, so that's not gonna happen. Like, imagine how black church would be if in order for you to be a deacon, you needed the background check. Thank you. You need to be interviewed by a team of people. Your resume. But no, you. how old are you? You 65? Yeah, you old enough to be a deacon. We got mm-hmm. ordination Come on. In, in December. Come on. Like, no. Mm-hmm. And now you got white gloves, but there's a leak in the roof. <laughs> Come on now, you know Goodwill Deacon Sam said 85. He can't get up into that room. You know that. You gonna call his brother, his cousin to come and do it, and then they mess up, they mess up the roof even worse. Now we want a building project. <laughs> Don't you think if we had a repairman on the staff, we would be better? Don't you think if we had a repairman? Should we have a we should have called somebody from Home Depot to be the deacon? Now we can see. Why dig your way up there? Sit down. <laughs> you don't need to be up there, D. Think what you're doing. Try to say, I, I did this 40 years ago. Oh, D, that little roof you was on top of, right. this is different. <laughs> this roof costs $30,000. You can't just put black tape up there. The rain going to stop. No, it's not. It's going to leak. And now Sister Betty Easter hat got brown water on it. Her daughter mad. Now it's a fight. Hey, ministry leader, do you feel overwhelmed and exhausted and you haven't had a break in years? Do you feel swamped and you feel like you're on the clock 24-7? What about your health? Has your health worsened since you entered the ministry? First, please know that you're not alone. The Schaefer Institute reported that 90% of pastors say they work 55 to 70 hours per week, and 50% of them feel unable to meet the demands of ministry. Secondly, there's help. You need to work with me. I'm a burnout prevention coach for ministry leaders, and I will teach you stress management and relaxation techniques that will help you go from overwhelmed and exhausted to feeling like a calm and equipped leader who actually loves being in ministry. All you have to do is go to businesschurchlife.com, 
then go to the work with me tab and complete the burnout prevention application to apply to work with me. Now, due to the nature of my training, I can only work with a few ministry leaders at a time. So go complete the application as soon as you're done listening to this podcast. I can't take it. I can't, I can't take it. I can't do it. And now we mad. But, but, but when you go to other church, oh, when you go to other church, this is not the conversation. So nope. it's easy for them nope. to say our focus is just preaching. Yep. And 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 if we can be really honest here, black pastors that are produced by other church say I only focus on the preaching. Yeah. Cause I promise you, they're not some of these predominant other churches, that pastor ain't doing everybody's funeral. Yep. And not saying that's a good thing, but I, I guarantee you some of these predominantly nationally known preacher pastors, we can drop names, but I don't know about business, mm-hmm. but I would just think I'm not sure that on a Tuesday at two o'clock, this member could call this bishop and schedule an appointment. Exactly. But they are faithful member. Right. Right. But that member knows I'm not going to be able to have access to him. Exactly. Or because we got some successful black women in ministry who pastor major churches. Uh-uh, I can't handle that right now. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. So, mm. Yeah, I absolutely love the ministry of Dr. Kimberly Moore. I had the privilege mm-hmm. of, of meeting her mm-hmm. when she preached at our church. When Dr. Moore, I love her system. Dr. Moore, before she even walked in the door, she had three people with her. I said, this is also. Because that lets me know that back at Emmanuel, before it, it gets across Dr. Moore's desk, oh, somebody done seen this. I'm not a, well, we all watch Preachers of LA. Whether you was a fan of it or not, you watched it. I did. Bishop McClendon, Clarence McClendon, yep. had an issue that they filmed where somebody could have got to him. Bishop McClendon walked in that room. He said, how did that happen? My responsibility is to the word of God. Somebody has to be in place to make sure that this doesn't happen. Exactly. And he interviewed, or he, read, he was in a meeting with his team. Here go people on blogs. I don't see how people, unless you live the life that that man lived with a family and kids, Absolutely. you don't understand how important it is exactly. for there to be a team. Exactly. But in our average black church, we, we don't get that. Yeah. And we call our pastors arrogant and we call them erudite. And the truth of the matter is you couldn't do what that man, what that woman does, even if you tried. Exactly. And it's sad. It sounds like we there needs to be a, not only do we need to teach the pastors and ministry leaders yep. what I'm attempting to do with the Parkers, but it mm-hmm. sounds like we need to teach um, the congregation. There yep. needs to be some type of teaching and training of the congregation so that they can fully understand what the expectations are. So how, yeah. how, would, how would you suggest they go about that? Well, we, we got to make sure that when we have these church conferences, we're not just in the preacher's tour. Mm. We got we to gotta, we gotta take the diaconate. We, we have so many associations. 
in right. every denomination, there's always an association somewhere. Even if because so Livingstone is an AME Zion school. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there are so many districts. There are so right. many. Same. And all the preachers are going. Yep. And even when you have some of the lay people in these positions, all of the stuff that we teach the lay people, it's all, you know, good Bible. Yep. Which is fine. But the church got more than just the Bible as the issue. Absolutely. So we got we got to start having if we're going to have these major conferences. We got to start sending busloads of the church. Everybody need to register. If you hold any leadership position, trustee, deacon, usher, associate, everybody got to register. I love that. And then the classes that we have to have have to be practical classes. This is crisis management 101 yeah. for church. Right, right. It can't just be how to have a kingdom marriage. Just love who you with, and if you don't like them, don't get with them. We need to know how to budget. Right. So if you want to talk about how much the pastor should be paid, and you don't know how to budget, I don't need you on the search committee. So yeah, you go right. sit down. You sing on the choir next week because you can't balance a budget. You've never right. seen the budget. When's that? Do you know how to? Do you know how to work on a spreadsheet? Exactly. Do you know the control? So then we don't need you looking at nobody's package. You just appreciate what he who because you're not helping the situation. We need to have classes on these things. We have classes crisis management. We need to have classes on how to budget money. We right. have classes on how to evaluate new leadership positions. Yep. We need to start. We, we need to have classes that are forward focused in terms of newer positions of leadership being prioritized in church. Yes. After the pandemic, you need a pandemic response team. Yes. That's a ministry now that you need to have. You need to have an in case of a pandemic worship outline. Yep. A strategy. We've got to start equipping. It, the, the Apostle Paul says that our job is to equip the saints mm -hmm. to work the ministry. Yep. So, you know, the big preacher conferences that everybody goes to, we go to Hampton. Mm -hmm. Everybody everybody go to Hampton. Everybody mm -hmm. go to IC3. Mm -hmm. Everybody goes to E.K. Bailey. We need to have conferences that it can't, it can't just be the preachers that go. And, and even when we go to conferences like Hampton and, and lay people go. There, there's got to be more practical classes that are taught that are helping people to understand this is how you work the ministry. Yes. We got to have team building classes for pastors. Yes. Build a team. And the team can't just be the associate ministers. Right. Right. Well, you know, I got my sons in the gospel and I got my daughters in the gospel. Oh, that's rich. But um, they all broke. <laughs> All of them are, I, I'm a college student, so I can say it. Yo, I wasn't well <laughs> recent college. But let me tell you something. Ever since I was a broke college student, I can't help you. I mean, right. they, I'm glad for the sonship. Amen. But when I give that offering, it's ten dollars for a reason, Pastor. <laughs> so I yeah, amen. We gotta get cereal. We gotta get do laundry. We gotta so we got books. <laughs> amen. We got clothes. Got my 10 and I'm a tithe as soon as that salary kicks in. I promise you, my 10% is coming. But until then, hey, look, y'all got cash up because <laughs> it ain't going to work. Yeah. No, we're not going to do it. So, and I'll be having to ask God to forgive me because sometimes they would say we need all the preachers to give $100. And I'm like, Lord, let them have a cash app. As soon as they say they do, 
Even though I don't have the hundred, I, you know they say wave that phone. I I got you, Doc. I got you. I waved it. I waved it. Said my five, and I keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? So you need a team That's that true. is financially capable of supporting the ministry, and that may not always be the people who are in the pulpit. You yeah. got to see the value of the pew. Right. And we need right. conferences, and we need workshops that teach deacons how. If you're gonna be a deacon in the Lord's church. You also need to be at the civic center. Can't just be pastor. You need to also be at the city council meetings. So we need to have workshops that equip the people right. to work the ministry. Right. Because it, it, I, I agree with people who come from the other church. I'll be able just to preach the gospel and keep it moving. So we need to have people who are who are able to do grief counseling. Right. right. I can't counsel you and get your mama's eulogy together. Come on now. And be sane at the same time. Right. Right. Because my, my family needs me. Exactly. So we need to train our leadership. Because it may not always be that we need new leaders in. If we could, if we could teach old dogs new tricks, <laughs> okay, we would be in a better position for right. ministry. Right. Because at some point, it can't be when we've been doing this for 40 years. Okay. That's great. great. But in these 40 years, y'all have had 15 different pastors. All of them could only stay for about five. Why do y'all think that is? Because nobody shifted. Yeah. There's a church that we are. Well, the name Reverend Charles Spurgeon is not a name that's unfamiliar to preachers. Um. Pastor one of the largest churches, Metropolitan mm -hmm. uh, Tabernacle in yep. England, mm -hmm. over 12,000 people. Yep. Uh, legend says that he had 6,000 people underneath and 6,000 in the room. Definitely not. It's 6,000 or 12,000 people anymore. Now it's a relic. Why? <laughs> because nobody shifted. Yep. And now we will forever talk about how great it was. It was. Mm-hmm. And Rush Metro, and rather not Rush Metropolitan, but Metropolitan Tabernacle is not the only church that we can put in that category. Yeah, absolutely. We got some churches today that if we were to really call the role, people may be offended, but if we were to really call the role, y'all ain't shift. This is why y'all got 50 people and y'all used right. to have a thousand. Right. Nobody saw, oh, wow, we got more younger people in. So maybe. Hmm, maybe this this pew can be changed into this color. Maybe we can put some screens up. Maybe we can, mm -hmm. can modernize. Maybe we don't need the big wooden pool because I ain't, I'm only up here for about 30 minutes anyway. Maybe we can, like, you know, change change it up some. Ooh, we don't know. C word. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I know I cussed. I know. I know. I know I cussed. I know I cussed. I know I cussed. C word now. <laughs> I know I cussed. We we don't know how to change, right? And what we're gonna do, Reverend Stinson, when we look back, and all we can talk about is the glory days, as it was. Mm. We don't. We've lost the anointing of Issachar, people mm. of the times. I love IC three primarily because it is one of the most biblically based conferences. And when you look at Dr. Ralph Douglas West's leadership style, like if you will, if you want to talk about a leader who is older in ministry and still pastoring, I support that. Him, yeah. Bishop Walter Thomas, yeah. I love it yeah. because 
every you go back and you look at their evolution they pivoted they shifted right. and they stayed relevant right but you know down in georgia you know what i'm saying dr bl spoon doc dr whoever else <laughs> They 85, but they ain't pivot like Dr. West. Mm, mm, mm. We don't know how to pivot. Right. We don't know how to shift. And, and and we have not become okay that it can be different and it's not bad. Yes, so true. Because we keep interpreting change as loss. Right. Right. Maybe you gain something. Ooh. Maybe you gain something. Mm. Maybe, maybe you I know you didn't lose. You did something different. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Mm. It's a good thing. It's mm. a great thing. Mm. But we don't we don't change. Mm-mm. 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 So what because you... our oh go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I want you to finish. We, we, we don't change because our, our our rules and our systems make us comfortable. Oh, see, and I'm glad you got that in. What what happens is mm. what happens is we talk about burnout still, saints of God. We still talk about burnout. This is why we, we are. Burn out. We are because we then we we make the rule right we make the system that keeps us stuck and then when it comes time to change we justify with the same rule and come out so we made the rule that we you know we we only want a pastor that's 35 okay but the pastor that's 21 the young preacher that's 22 Young preacher that's 23, or let's use one that's few that we got now. We only want a pastor that's married. Okay. Right. But the ones that y'all been getting that's married. Dude, don't don't say ain't it. Always, don't say it. <laughs> ain't always as married as you think they are. But that's fine. That's all right. We only want a pastor that's married. So the right. one that's divorced or the one that's not married and single but has vision. Here's from the Lord, can preach the orange of a billy goat, can manage all of these personalities, can move us forward. We're going to say now we continue in our search. What? Thank you so much for listening to the Burned Out Preacher Podcast. And make sure you are following me on Instagram. I'm at Burnout Coach Mo. And I would love, love, love to hear from you. So make sure you send me a DM and say hi and let me know if this podcast has been helpful. Also, it would be very helpful if you would leave a five-star rating for this podcast as it will really, really help other ministry leaders find this podcast so it can help them also. If you leave a rating, make sure you take a screenshot and send me a DM so I can personally thank you. Again, thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.